I'm Michelle Broadbent and welcome to your Business Boost podcast. Join me as I take you behind the scenes to show you what it's really like to build a successful business. I'll be sharing practical tools, advice and insights that will change the way you work. So if you're ready to boost your business and your life, let's get started with today's episode. Hello and welcome to your Business Boost podcast. I'm Michelle Broadbent and I have a very special treat for you because today I'm chatting with one of my mentors and all-round empire-building guru, Tina Tower. Now, if Tina isn't already on your radar, you are going to love her. She has the energy that you want around you. She is positive, she's generous with her knowledge, and she knows exactly how it feels to be in the shoes of a small business owner. She's the real deal. She's worked really bloody hard for everything that she has. Um, She wasn't born with a silver spoon in her mouth. She's spoken very publicly about the highs and also the heartbreaking lows that have come as part of her business journey. And the thing that I absolutely love about her is that she's just a brilliant, shiny example of what grit and tenacity can reward us with as business owners. So in terms of her background, Tina started her first business at the age of 20 and she had a bricks and mortar tutoring center, uh, which she grew into a licensed program and then a franchise model. And she continued to build this business until she sold it in 2016, after which she took off around the world for a whole year with her family for a massive adventure that she's spoken quite extensively about. But it was during this big adventure that Tina began to immerse herself into the world of online course creation. When she returned to reality after that big trip, she then built a business helping other women package their expertise into online courses and launch them into the world. Tina is on a mission to help women build million-dollar businesses, and the thing that sets her apart from so many other people is that she has actually done it, and now she's writing a book about it. Million-dollar micro-business is out now. And this is essentially a guidebook for any wannabe online course creators. In the book, Tina shares the methods that she has tried and tested, not just in her own business, but also as part of um, the businesses that she supports. So her clients and her mastermind, um, which is her empire builders, which I'm very lucky to be a part of, but she also shares success stories from other um, well-known, some well-known and some not so well-known, depending on what circles you move in, um, online course creators. So in our chat today, Tina is typically generous with all that she shares. We go off on lots of tangents, but that's how we both roll. And I know that you are going to get so much out of all that she shares with you. So settle in for my chat with Tina Tower. Tina Tower, thank you so much for joining me today on your Business Boost podcast. Yay. Thanks, Michelle. Oh, Now, we are just both, we're coming 
off the back of a massive weekend in Noosa. And not only are you coming off the back of that, but you're well and truly in the throes of launching your second book, Million Dollar Micro Business. Um, Now, from an outsider's perspective, you are doing all the things, firing (laughs) on all cylinders. Um, But because I like to keep it real with Mm. my listeners and sharing the secrets behind the scenes, how are you really doing? (laughs) (laughs) Now I'm really, really good. Actually, I had my freak out, I think probably nearly two months ago now was I had um, like a massive panic attack one day and went spiraling down. And that was good because it kind of got me to realize, okay, I need to get my shit into order before I go into, because we all have the seasons in our business and we knew the seasons were going to happen really, really, like it was going to be all full on really, really fast. And so I've prepared well for that. And now I'm doing I'm actually just really, really excited. You are the mistress of preparation. You really are. Yes. And I think that's something that you um, that you talk a lot about to us. And I um and you know, I know that it's like a thing of yours about being super duper prepared for this stuff. And I think the magic of like or the secret of our success really does come so much down to preparation. Yeah, completely. And it's like at the moment we, you know, you're talking about our members retreat that we had last week and then I had a week in between and now we've got like a door opening to our mastermind that's not a full launch but like a sneaky little one and then launching my book at the moment as well, going on book tour, all of that. And, you know, it's a a lot. But doing that whenever I do a launch, everything is pre-done so all of the emails are written all of the social posts are done all of the team have their lists they know what they're responsible for every day the family's all been prefaced mama's gonna go a bit nutty in this time so <laughs> pat her hair when she walks past and tell her she's pretty <laughs> like, it's yes. everything really really well prepared so that when I'm in those moments all I have to do is show up and that alone is a lot Like I saw the post you did the other day that I saw and I went, oh, my gosh, that is the best, is you can't be both the show pony and the workhorse. And I I am the workhorse a lot of the the time. I love my work and I still do a lot, probably too much for the size business that I have Mm -hmm. um, because I'm a micromanaging control freak and I'm working (laughs) on that. (laughs) But I make sure that when I'm in those high show pony times, all of the work behind the scenes is done because it just takes a huge amount of energy and the people that are there to receive that they deserve your full attention. So you've got to be able to do it. Absolutely. And I think that is, that is such a, like you've hit the nail on the head there about like that energy required in a season like you are in right now. And I can relate because I am, you know, I'm, in the middle Launch of launch season as, as two, we, yeah. as we as we talk um, today, and it is so much about it, like, and I think it, it doesn't matter whether you're launching a digital program or what, but any of these big things that happen in our business, um, it is about how the hell do we manage our energy? Um, yeah. Do you what what do you do to manage yours, <laughs> Tina? Like, how how do you? Because you know, obviously, a lot of there are so many eyeballs on you at mm. the moment, and like I said earlier, people go, "Oh wow, look at her! She's doing this, she's doing that." Da, 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 da. You know, she's sitting there with her color coded 
bookshelves <laughs> and and all of that sort of stuff. But but you know, through being in your mastermind, yeah. obviously you you very generously share behind the scenes with us. And um, I think it's important for people to know that that yeah. people like yourself, like you, you need to be aware, just as aware of this as the people who are starting their their million dollar or you know just their micro business as it is right now how do we how do you do it and how what are some of your tips for people to Um, manage their energy what are some of my tips I mean I have a lot of energy you do you do I do do think the more I work with a lot of people the more I realize I do have a larger than normal capacity to handle a lot of things at once. Um, A lot of people that get overwhelmed, I think it takes, I know I have a really big capacity before I hit that breaking point. Um, And I think that is practised over time. And I think it's because I... I've gotten really good at distinguishing what's important and what isn't. There's a great TED Talk that I cannot remember, unfortunately, who did it. Um, Nope, it's not there. (laughs) But the preface of her whole talk was she was an ER nurse and she talked about triaging Mm -hmm. and she talked about how we as women operate all of the time on emergencies and things will come into our lives. And if we're too used to responding everything with an emergency, we're like, you when they triage and they're like red for important and yellow for like needs critical attention and green for like, you know, they can get, get to them later. Yeah. We're so much in the, in the habit of just reacting and everything's mm. urgent, whether it is or it isn't. I've been really practiced through the, I mean, this is my 17th year in business now, and I can pick pretty quickly what is red tagged and what can just go to the keeper kind of thing. Mm. And so I don't sweat the small stuff. Mm. Um, There's a lot of things like, um, for example, we just hit lockdown in Sydney and I had book tour starting next week with the first two locations. And I had all these messages yesterday when we got put into lockdown going, oh my gosh, are you all right? I'm thinking of you. You must be devastated. I I felt nothing. I was like, it happened and I was like, okay, like I knew this was a risk. We had this all sorted out. We knew what our contingency was. We'll just do the thing and and move it to here and it's no problem. So I think that I don't don't respond like dramatically Mm. to big things, which conserves a lot of my energy um, because I don't kind of go into that fight or flight constantly up and down. Yeah. Um, so I can be pretty pragmatic with the way that I look at things. I think also is I don't do a lot of what women do. Okay. Which gives me a lot more time to focus on work. So I don't cook, I don't clean, mm-hmm. I don't do laundry. <laughs> yeah. You are my I don't hero. <laughs> I don't do a lot of things that like so many women I reckon spend four to five hours a day on that I just simply don't. Um, So I know I'm very lucky in that way to have that time. Um, But then I'm also always looking at how I can optimise my energy. So one of the biggest drastic things I've done recently is stop drinking alcohol, which Mm. anyone who knows me well knows what a big deal that is because I'm like a massive gin lover. Mm. And I noticed like the night, the day that I had my big panic attack that couple months ago, the night before, yeah, I had about six or seven gins. Yeah. 
And I think it just like it really tweaked in me. I wonder if there's a correlation between those two things. And I'd been getting probably more and more reliant upon it. Whereas like I used to just drink Friday, Saturday nights, then it became Thursday, Friday, Saturday, then Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And then it would get to like three or four o'clock in the afternoon. I'd go, you know what? I've still got a couple of hours of work left. I'll just make myself a gym while I finish it off. And I was having myself a grand old time. There were a couple of times I'm like writing emails and I'm like off my face. Yeah. (laughs) And so I had to really go. But then in the morning I was waking up tired and I was saying, you know, how lucky I am that I never get hungover because like I didn't think I did until I stopped drinking. And I was like, oh, so that cloud that's always there. My plan was just for a week and see how it went. And at the end of the week, unfortunately, I felt fabulous. And I was like, oh, no, like gin. (laughs) Yes. And so. I stopped drinking and that has made a big difference to the energy. And I don't know, like people have said, are you going to drink again? Like, does this mean you're now a sober person? And I don't, I don't know, but for now, especially with this busy season, Mm. as much as I feel like at the end of the day with nine hours on zoom every day and and do everything going, you know what I need right now? A nice glass of rosé. Yeah. I know it won't help me tomorrow. It doesn't. And I think it's it's all about having your wits about you, isn't it? And and um and I know I mean we talked about this on on the weekend. Like I st- I stopped drinking completely for three months at the beginning of this year. And that wasn't what I set out to do. Yeah. It was more experimental. Like, let's see if this actually really does yeah. have an impact. And um I had three biggest months in my business ever Mm. because and and look coincidence or not I don't know but I I feel like because I just had the energy I slept well I you know I was awake early I was just I was I was firing on all cylinders um, my head was clear and it is a slippery slope. And of course, being, being back in lockdown now, it was, you know, at my, there's a bottle shop at the end of my road. The most convenient <laughs> store to my house is a bottle shop. And it was funny, like when that announcement happened on, on Saturday, just seeing <laughs> the line of people out the bottle shop, like just got yeah. panic buying booze yeah um so but I'm being very very mindful of not going down the the road that I went down um because it is it's it's energy preservation and that's what we yeah that that's what we kind of really need to to focus on so good on you well done and yeah be interesting to see how this all plays out for you um, being sober curious, I think, is what we could we could call it's it, couldn't so we? Much more boring, though. <laughs> Do you think? See, I just sort of, yeah, I just kind of, I, I, I socialized, and there, there is, you can, you know, rage without alcohol, as all those. Oh, you can, yes. Yeah. And I am actually like testing at the moment some beautiful alcohol-free drinks, which yes. are. Yeah. There's a fabulous range. Yeah, I just like the buzz, you know. But yeah. anyway, we'll get our buzz from other you things. You can get your buzz from other <laughs> things. And look, something that you get, like, you know, little segue there, but something that you get a real buzz from is, like, your the way that your business runs and, and oh, yeah. the and the women that you impact and the other businesses that you support. Um, I'm really curious because 
this is something that I've never asked you before, but you came from a very successful bricks and mortar business model. And yeah. I know there are a lot of people who who will be listening to this podcast who have like bricks and mortar, service-based business, whatever, and they're intrigued by going online. They look yeah. at other people, you know, so many people doing it. They're looking to other people who are doing it. They're, you know, quietly watching, watching. They'll be, they, these are the people that are going to be buying your book. Mm. I would love to know, like, did you trip and fall into the online space? Was yep. it intentional? <laughs> like, can you, how, how did that even happen? I love that analogy. <laughs> yes, I tripped and fell. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> it. Um, so, oh. I mean, to wrap it up in a really short story, because, you know, there's so many different like things that contributed to it, because I do feel like the work that I do now was never the intended work that I do, but everything in my life has trained me for this moment. Like I feel like I was born to do the job that I'm doing now. And, you know, I ran a franchise company and I had massive goals for that. We had 35 tutoring centres throughout the country. We had 120 staff, multi-million dollars, and, you know, we're starting to get offers from international expansion. And on paper, that looks super successful. But I hated it at the end. Like, loved it until we got over about 20 locations. It started becoming something that I knew was not right for yeah, me. Beast. Um, like all of my days were spent in people management, mm. all of my days. Um, and that is not fun because humans are complex. Yes, they are. Yes, <laughs> and they are. <laughs> so it was like, and the bigger we went, the more people we needed. And so yeah. that was really hard. And then I made the decision to sell that in 2016 and had no idea like I had been building that essentially since I was 20. It's like it was it was a long time. And when I sold the company, they took my email address, my computer, my phone, everything. And I woke up one day from going like 12-hour days, six days a week to nothing and just had this massive identity crisis going, what do I do now? Like what do I even I don't even know what to do with my life. Like we get so much, so invested in our business and I was super defined by my business. Like I was, that was, that was like I sacrificed so much for that thing. Um, And so I kind of ran away and we went and travelled around the world for a year to 28 countries and I wanted to do that because I had like in the last year of the business totally, I turned into a shitty McShit shit mom. Like yeah. I was just never there. And just when I was there, I was really tired and cranky and was just like, I was like, like the grandfather of the fifties, you know, like, yeah. let me just sit in my chair and everyone leave me alone. Smoke my pipe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was just yep. so kind of depressed with the, with how I'd let my life get to that when I was so much into personal development and should have known better. And I know for a lot of women, you've probably got people listening now that are in that, that, you know, sometimes we can chase after this dream, but when we get it, realize, oh, hang on a minute, this isn't what I thought it would be. Mm -hmm. And then it takes a lot of courage to admit not to other people, but to ourselves that we were wrong and that we no longer want that and to pivot. And Mm. so I sold it and then we travelled and because of that, a lot of people wanted to also build and sell their service-based businesses. Um, And so I started business coaching just to try and have something on the side until I found what my next thing would be Um, because I was 33. So we, you know, we, we had a good 
sale, but mm. I was way too young to yeah, pack to up. retire. Like, <laughs> like I was like, okay, if I do though, like I what do I do? I cannot imagine you retired, like no, just lying like, on a sun lounger, never working again. I can't. I don't understand being like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So I was like, okay, until I find like my next business, because I also didn't know what I enjoyed anymore. Because, yes. you know, in business, we out. so often yeah. do the things we have to do mm-hmm. that I didn't know what naturally brought me joy and what, like, I just, I'd been so in it for such, anyway. So I started doing that. But then I found myself in coaching calls, repeating myself again and again and again. Like, I'd say the same line and go, what? I've already said, what? Everyone has these commonalities. And so I started packaging like in an online program, the main stuff that people were asking me about so that when we had our one-on-ones, we could specifically solve their unique problem. And then I was like, this is amazing. And then all of my service-based customers were going, hang on, I love how you've got this online thing going. Can you do a program with how to make an online course? So I made an online course with how to make an online course. And I filmed, wrote it, like recorded it, did everything when we were in Thailand for a week and launched it and just to kind of see what would happen. So that was my first live launch and made $11,000 in the week. And I know that's not a great deal, but to me, that was the moment where I'm like, holy guacamole, this is like previously I had to work bloody hard to make $11,000. Like that was like in a week of marketing, of talking to people that I really enjoyed doing. (laughs) I'm like on a minute this is and that was really where I thought this is going to be a million dollar business because it's so leveraged and so scalable and I then just fell in love with it and then started like doing online courses for everybody yeah but you know we use Kajabi and Mm. at each of the hero levels you know, you get, they call you Kajabi heroes when you reach certain revenue milestones. And when it's a million dollars, there's only 17% of women are million dollar heroes. And so I was going, that's not enough. We're going to overtake that. That's worldwide, right? That's Kajabi everywhere. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Wow. So then I was like, oh, bugger this. I'm doubling down on the women because when women have wealth, it changes the economy. Mm-hmm. Like they spread it so beautifully and, and different things happen. And so I was like, all right, that's that's what I'm going to focus on. So I started doing that and that's how Her Empire Builder was born, which is what I have now. And that's just like the most fun I've ever had. It is. I'm so happy that you did that because it yeah. is the most fun. It is an incredible community that you have created. Yeah. And, um, and I love I love that origin story of of how it all came to be, you know, from a from a room from a from a resort in Thailand. I know, um, right? It just sounds so. And you know, that's probably the hardest part. And I know that for a lot of people listening, the hardest part of creating something like this mm. is the shame and the guilt around it feeling good. Because yep. so much of us, and especially if we've had service-based businesses or product-based, like traditional businesses, yeah, it's like the harder we, you know, the same, the harder we work, the luckier we get and yep. all of that. And it feels almost, I almost feel too guilty sometimes when I do well that I, like it's somehow undeserving or that it's wrong yeah. that you can do so well and not be grinding all day, every day. Yeah, it's a weird, weird thing. It is a weird thing, but you know what? It's a conversation that I have all the time. In fact, I had it this morning with one of my clients who has had some like really, really massive shifts in the last couple of months that we've been working together. And she said to me today, she goes, Michelle, I used to think that 
to be to be successful meant that I had to be busy mm-hmm. all the time. And she's, you know, she's just put like a couple of things in place where she's putting herself first, like yeah. before her day gets wet. And it is like she looked, she looked physically different on the call. She spoke different, like she was like everything was different about her. And she just she, it was, but it was this clangor of a of a realization that it doesn't need to be so bloody hard yeah. and such a you know. I mean, I hate that H word, the hustle, the grind, know, all yeah. that. It makes my skin crawl. But it's it's really true that it doesn't need to be that way. Mm. Um, and I think okay, so you came to this world kind of by accident, and yeah. like I said, very very glad that you did. What about for the people that are sitting there now thinking, I'm going to create an online program, I'm going to create a digital business, that's going to be the answer to all my prayers. I'm going to have passive income, I'm going to have recurring revenue. Um, People do look at it and go, oh, you know, easy peasy breezy. Um, Can you kind of give us a little bit of a, yeah. a reality hit there and dispel yes. a few of those. Yes, I can. Please, <laughs> Tina. Oh, yes. Okay. I will begin rant now. <laughs> um, look, I think there's actually, unless you're like buying shares and you've been really lucky, there's no such thing as passive income. Mm. Um, online courses are not for a second passive income. If you create something, stick it on your website, expect it to sell, it's going to gather dusk and, and you're going to be disappointed. What it is, is massively leveraged, massively. Mm-hmm. Um, but the weird part about online programs is people that make really good ones are very good at what they do. They have all the expertise. They have all the knowledge. They're not necessarily experts at digital marketing. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, the part that sets people apart when you're becoming a successful course creator is those who market well win, despite what knowledge you have and the expertise that you have. And so 80% of your job becomes marketing and not only marketing, but marketing yourself as the product, which is hard Mm -hmm. (laughs) because, and this is why, like, I think online business is such a mind game because it's unlearning things that we've been taught through traditional business. It's for women being able to adopt a different style of business to what the men in the space are running. And it's being able to position ourselves as the expert in the product and not feel like a wanker while we're doing it, which is not easy because all of the conditioning that we've had for our whole lives on all of those fronts is all telling us not to do that. And so I find the women that often have the best programs are the hardest ones to get out there. And so there's a lot of that um, that we have to have to work around. But having recurring revenue is amazing and yeah. it blows my mind how, you know, if you add, add massive value to people's lives, you can create something that's highly leveraged, highly scalable and can recur month after month for as long as you want it to. Yeah, it's it, it's true but you've got to you've got to do the work you've got to show up and I can I mean I'm sure you can probably relate to this if I had a you know ten dollars for every time someone said to me I just don't like promoting myself I just don't like and it's like it's it's kind of a a necessary it's a necessary evil what have you got any tips for people like you know, to sort of get over that, um, yeah. the awkwardness of, yeah. of having to do that. Yeah, it's not, 
easy um, mm. and for some it's harder than others but I've yeah. seen a lot of people be able to overcome it and mm. the easiest way to do that is focus on the people you serve not on yes. yourself yes. Um, and that is something that I had to do because I mean I came from a childhood where I was told you know I was always too big for my boots I thought my shit didn't stink I thought I was better than everybody like they're mm. all my hang-ups that I come yeah. in with yeah. and being able to say to people I'm doing well I have a lot of shame around showing my life because I feel like I'm rubbing people's nose in my good fortune. But if I don't show any of it, it means that other people can't see that alternative as an option. And they're seeing all of these messages with the hustle and the grind and men who are kicking ass but buying, you know, flights on private jets and wankery cars and all of that sort of stuff, whereas my version of success is similar to a lot of ladies' version of success, which is being able to take a walk on the beach in the morning with the dogs and be there to cuddle my kids at night and to have a gardener and a cleaner and someone to cook the meals and to have, like, buy time. Yes. And have this beautiful life that we get to enjoy but also make this massive impact in the world. And so the only way that we can make that impact in the world is own what you know. Like don't apologise for your awesomeness. It doesn't mean sharing it doesn't mean that you're going, look at me, look at me. You're actually going, look at you and what you're capable of. Yeah, I love that. And, yeah, you're right, we can't be what we can't see and I think it is important that, that you, you know, that we share this. But focusing on service is, yeah. that is, that's critical. So that's brilliant. So you have a new book, which is yes, so, so exciting, Million Dollar Microbusiness. One of my favourite sort of motivational stories that I share with a lot of my clients is how you wrote your first book, how you went <laughs> to Fiji and, and rewarded yourself. Like, I've got, you know, Tina wrote a book and every time she got to her word count for the day, she would reward herself with a massage and a cocktail and all that. I guess given that this book was written during COVID, your process was probably, well, I yeah, know that you didn't so go to Fiji fun. to write at this time. Yeah. Um, how, how how was the whole experience? Because yeah. I, I, there are, you know, there are people listening here who have probably got, who I'm sure have got a book in them. I know yes. that some of the people who are listening do. How did you go this time round? It was so much harder. <laughs> <laughs> No so, cocktails or little yes, gifts. Yes, I highly recommend pool. if people are writing a book when COVID <laughs> has finished, book yourself eight days in Fiji and smash it out because, yes. oh, my gosh, it's good. And it's nice to exit life too and go straight into that bubble and get no interruptions and be able to really completely immerse. And I tried with this book to do the same thing. I booked a week in Orange um, yeah. and it did not. I was there for, I think, like a day. And then I turned around and came home because oh, I just wow. wasn't feeling it. Okay. Yeah. It's not really, um, um, you know, orange is an, a beautiful part of Australia, but it's not Fiji. It's, it's no not. little Fijian <laughs> island, no. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't, like I was staying in an Airbnb, so I was still making my own food yeah. and still doing all of that. Like it just, I just, I made the wrong decision there. So mm-hmm. I came back and I think in nature as well, this book was harder to write in terms of my first book, One Life, is like my entrepreneurial story. So yeah. it really just had to all come out of me, whereas this book is is both inspirational stories but also guidebooks so it was getting everything and going how can I communicate it through a book that's going to be really simple for people to understand
planned and really cohesive. And so it's a lot more technical, this one. Right. So it's a okay. bit harder to yeah. write yeah, yeah, than a storybook. Um, so, yeah, it was was a little bit harder. I very much encourage the Fiji strategy. So, yeah, more that's than your advice. Don't, yes. don't try and do it in among the grind of your regular life if at yeah all so I actually went to a yeah. different part of the house like I got okay. out of my yep. office and I set mm-hmm. up a desk like in a different part that was my creative space great so then I went there because otherwise and this is the hard part for women as well you usually have so many people in your life that you'll get like if you say okay I'm going to do just an hour a day you'll get through that hour and you'll get interrupted or you'll go to but you're in flow and then when you come back the next day you're like where was I up to and it takes 15 minutes to get back on the flow train yep. again mm-hmm. it is just so hard and it's one of those things like it's the same as creating an online course if you can batch it and go like all in that mode yeah it is so much easier and so much faster and I know sometimes that's not practical for people mm. but the the bigger chunks of time that you can get to go all in on it the faster you'll actually get it done yeah that's so true. And that's, you know, it's it's something that I talk to clients about, you know, when you are needing to do those big chunky projects, whether yeah. it's an online program, whether it's writing a book, whether it's creating a keynote presentation yeah, or even just, you know, writing a blog post or whatever. It's like find, try and shift up your, your surroundings yeah. to just to ignite a bit of like, you know, I, I'm sure there is some um scientific um proof here that it does it shifts the way that your that your brain changes your changing yeah it changes your state that's right so yes um awesome well no i'm look book three aim for for uh fiji for book three (laughs) probably just like i don't know if i can do it again (laughs) this stage i'm not quite ready to entertain the idea of book three yet but it's the same as um the other day when uh, because i want to be a crazy dog lady and and when our new dog was was a puppy i was like yeah i think maybe no more dogs and now she's six months old i'm like when can i get the next one yeah Yes, it's like children, babies. Like children. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yes, we'll and they going. get through that sort of stuff. Um, so, Tina, have you? I like to sort of leave our listeners at the end of every interview with a little hit of wisdom, something that's going to boost their business or their life, a piece of advice, whether it's, you know, something to read, listen to, watch. Is there something that you would like to share with the listeners that's going to give yeah, their business I or their life a bit say, of a boost? Yes. Do the thing you know you have to do uh, because so often, like I do a lot of private business coaching as well, and I like to think I'm a pretty smart switched on lady. You but are. <laughs> when I ask everyone, what's one thing that you could do that you know is going to make a difference this week? everyone knows one thing and it's like why haven't you done that thing and there can be a myriad of reasons why we haven't whether it's time most often it's the things like you were talking about before that we're afraid to put ourselves in the light and own that space and do it and we can find heaps of very practical realistic reasons to not do something (laughs) that we know is going to move the needle but if you think of like one of the things that I say was I have no doubt that my success in online business came because when I had that first launch, there was no doubt in my mind it was going to be a million dollar business. I was like, I've done business before. This is, and so I treated it like it was going to, like it was inevitable. It was going to get there. I want, like, my experiment was I wonder how long 
this is going to take me to get there. And so I did the hard things or the things that I wasn't comfortable with because I knew that I'd need to do those to get to that level. And so I think a lot of people look at their business and there's too much doubt in going, is this going to be worth it? Am I going to be able to do this? Is it even going to pay off? Is it going to be okay? And then so we don't do it because it's not that important right now. And, you know, one of my favourite sayings ever, and I don't know who said it, (laughs) was entrepreneurship is living a few years of your life like most people won't so that you can live the rest of your life like most people can't. And I find too many people are not doing that few years and wanting the success and the beautiful life while begrudging that few years. And that few years is like, it's a rite of passage. Like Mm -hmm. everyone's done it. We see these successful people. And I was having a debate with someone that, you know, is very successful now who was saying, you know, money isn't that important and detach from the outcome and all of this sort of thing that I'm like, hang on, mate. Like you remember at the beginning, right? Like money is important. (laughs) You need to pay the mortgage. Yes. And you can't detach from the outcome because if you don't hit those numbers, your kids don't eat. So show it. And so we were having this big debate and going, you know, you need to see where you're at, but also know that do the things that you know are going to be worth it, whether they're hard or not. Look at the people that are successful. Look at what they've done Mm. and do those things. Yes. All the things. Yeah, sorry, that was a longer yes. answer. No, that's brilliant, <laughs> Tina. And, you know, you are someone that, that people will look look to and that's what I love that you have in, essentially created this wonderful guidebook for potential yes. million-dollar micro-business owners. Yes. And, um, and get started yes, for the right old $29.95. So tell everyone, Tina, how we can connect with you, how we can get the book. Yes. Um, so you can get the book anywhere. Um, Booktopia, Amazon, anywhere that the good books are sold, you can get it. But then when you get it, go to milliondollarmicrobusiness.com because I've got a whole heap of digital workbooks and resources and everything that go with it. So grab those because they're free. Awesome. That's so good, Tina. Thank you. Thank you. So much for sharing your wisdom with My us. My pleasure. Today. Thank you, Michelle. And I love getting your to work stories. With you. Oh, we're very lucky. Um, so, and um, yeah, I'll put all the links to everything that Tina has mentioned, including that TED Talk with the, the, the triage, all the things will be in the show notes. Tina Tower, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. for sharing some of your day with me today. I hope it's given you a little boost. To continue the conversation or access any of the resources mentioned in this episode, visit michellebroadbent.com.au. And if you want to give me a boost, you can hit subscribe and be sure to tell your friends. Speak soon. Speak soon.